Hey fam, I am Eilina and this podcast is all about life. All the things we go through in life from friendship, relationships, parenthood, spirituality, you name it, I'm going to talk about it. This is about living, having the hard conversations, the easy ones, and even the annoying ones, and all the ones in between. I'm here to help you see life in new ways, to have a few laughs and share in my joyful conversations with my guests and with you. It is all about a fullness to life and humanhood and doing the best we all can along the way. We are all living life and here's how I'm doing it. Hi, Tolly. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Can you hear me well? Yes, I can. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be part of your podcast. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, let's just jump right in. Tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from and and what do you do? Yeah, of course. So um, I was born and raised in Switzerland. And then I spent some time in the UK, in the US, Australia, but have now been living in Israel for a while. I am a life and mindset coach working with my clients mostly on dating and relationships. I'm not going to go too much into this right now because this is really the focus of our whole conversation, but I will just say that the reason that I'm focusing on dating and relationships is because that's where I struggled the most. So Mm -hmm. after getting into coaching and learning everything I know today, I just really wanted to go back and help women that are going through similar things that I went through and help them with that specifically. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, I love that you mentioned that it's a part of something that you struggled with the most. So I know that a lot of people will be able to relate to that and, um, and connect with you in that way, because obviously you've been there and you've struggled through a lot of the things that I think a lot of people who are in the dating world right now are most likely struggling with. So I'm so excited to have you on and talk about this because I know that I am a part of that group who just struggles with dating in 2021. Um, so, so if you could tell us, you know, you help people to have a healthier mindset about dating and relationships. Can you tell us what having a healthy mindset truly means? Yeah, of course. So I think that in order to understand what a healthy mindset with regards to dating is, it is important to first understand what some of the common issues are. So when we're young, in the beginning of our dating journeys, we're a lot more carefree. We enjoy meeting new people, experiencing new things, and love the butterflies and excitement. But there is a point where this excitement turns into pressure, stress, and fear, for some even anxiety. And all the fun just kind of gets lost, and we become very targeted-oriented to a point where we can't really possibly enjoy the process anymore. Now, for many women I speak to, this leads to either them taking a huge step back and not really putting themselves out there anymore, while for others that actually do go on dates and do meet new people, the struggle lies more in their ability to truly get to know someone and connect to another person. 
So I guess in a nutshell, I would say that a healthy mindset is the increased self-awareness and taking full responsibility for our life. Um, so when I talk about the importance of a healthy mindset, I really mean the openness to accept that we're not always right, that our instincts are not always guiding us the right way. And that um, it's really just super important to take responsibility over all our choices. Um, I would love to give some examples if that's all right with you. Yeah, of course, of course. Yes, please share. So specifically with COVID and right, like as you mentioned, dating in 2020, 2021, I hear many people say that now with COVID, there is just nothing they can do and it's too hard to meet someone or not possible to date. And the truth is that most of these people don't really want to do what it currently takes to meet someone new. So the circumstances have changed, of course. COVID has affected all of us in one way or another, and it has definitely changed the dating arena. But saying that there is nothing you can do is pushing away responsibility. It is putting yourself in a certain powerless position. With a healthy mindset, we look at this notion and we understand where it comes from. So for example, from the discomfort of doing something new, of speaking to someone on Zoom without the distraction of a bar or restaurant. Now, after we understand where our reasonings and decisions and notions come from, that's when we can start taking responsibility. So, um, in this case, it would be to understand that it is possible to date during COVID. It is possible to um, join dating platforms, to meet someone online, to make your decisions as to how much you're willing to expose yourself or not, to set priorities. And from that place, then deciding intentionally what you want to do. So kind of from this place of I can figure anything out, if I decide to figure it out, this is how I would do and then make the decision whether you're going to go ahead and do it or not. I love that. I love the example of dating during COVID. I know you and I had shared, or I had shared with you um, on our first conversation that I'm not dating during COVID. And, and for me, that's more of a conscious decision because I am currently just working on myself. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that there is an element to that as well that that makes dating difficult um, and difficult in a way that I don't really want. I consciously don't want to make the effort into dating in the way that we should be dating with COVID going on here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I kind of set that um, still a priority, but a little bit in the back burner. So what what advice can you give for somebody that you know they want to date with the current circumstances with COVID going on but they're unsure of how to set that boundary like you know let's say somebody wants to date but they're not comfortable meeting someone in person but the other person wants to meet in person how does somebody set that boundary yes I think the most important thing is really just coming down to being super intentional about things and first and foremost, being honest with yourself and then however possible also with the other person. So if, um, right, like in the example that you've just described, if someone is truly not comfortable meeting someone face to face, 
they should never do it because they feel pressured because the other person wants to do it but rather just kind of take that step back and understand what do I truly want to do and it's not always straightforward and easy sometimes it's trickier than in other times but it's really just going back within yourself and taking all the power back into making your decision. So as opposed to it's COVID, I can't meet that person face to face to say, okay, here are my options. I could meet him. And right. Like just what I like to do is to just make a list of 10 things that are possible and then choose what I'm going to do with it. So here it could be, meeting the person and social distance right like sit all a certain distance apart um it could be talk a little more over video calls and when you feel more comfortable and both of you agree to not meet with anyone else for a week before you meet up or whatever it is that's possible in your given situation and in the other person's given situation and just communicate, communicate and find a middle ground um, that works for everyone. I love that. Those are some very great um, suggestions. I love your suggestion of making a list of like 10 things Mm -hmm. that are possible. I think what so many of us are so naturally inclined to do is to, um, you know, start making the list of things that are not possible and also making up that story of potentially what the other person wants to do and that Mm -hmm. you're not comfortable doing. So then you kind of set yourself up to fail in that way. So I think that your suggestion of, you know, putting together a list of 10 things that are possible, that's just so much more powerful and much more positive to kind of um, come at the situation of, you know, dating um, with the current circumstances. So I do, so yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to say, I love also what you just pointed out with um, people having a tendency to make a list of what's not possible. And I just wanna add to that, that our Mm -hmm. brain is an incredibly powerful machine and whatever we ask our brain, we're gonna find the answers. So, when we're asking ourselves what is not possible right now, we're going to come up with dozens of reasons and dozens of things that are not possible. But when we insist on asking ourselves what is possible, and doesn't matter how often our brain says, I don't know, I don't know, we just keep challenging ourselves and we keep forcing ourselves to guess or to, right, like to just take a guess or just come up with one thing then we start kind of turning on that motor and and that way of thinking of what is possible and our brain will come up with solutions because that's just one of the basic functions of the brain to come up with answers for the questions we ask. So there's an incredible power in asking ourselves what is possible as opposed to what is impossible. I love that. That's so... um... I love that you mentioned this and I love that you added this in because, you know, like I said, we're so naturally inclined to, to think in this negative way, to think of all the things that are not possible. Um, but you're right. When you do make that shift, when you kind of um, 
force yourself to kind of think the other way to think what is possible rather than thinking what's not possible. I think that's where it really opens up the doors to, um, to ideas and thoughts that maybe you wouldn't have thought before yeah. because you're, you're just, your brain is naturally just kind of going that direction. But then when you make that pivot to go the other way, then new things start to arrive. And I, I love that you mentioned mm-hmm. that. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Um, so, so what are some beliefs that, you know, I mean, you worked with, you know, many people, you know, in this realm of dating and relationships. Mm-hmm. And so from your experience with conversations with other people, what are some beliefs that some people hold on to that may be holding themselves back when it comes mm-hmm. to dating? So um, again, it's super important to notice that our brain's most basic function is to find answers for everything. And this really also goes to um, when it comes to our identity and our beliefs. So when we have a certain sense of identity or a certain belief about ourselves, our brain will defend it at all costs. This means that whatever we believe or think, our brain will make sure to create and find all the evidence it needs to make this true. So an example for a more major belief that can hold us back is the notion that we will stay alone forever or that no one will ever truly love us. When someone believes that or has a repeated thought that they're unloved or they will never find someone, they cannot truly open themselves up to falling in love with someone or feeling loved by someone as the brain will have to be right at all costs, right? So no matter who the said person will meet, he or she will always be focusing on all the lacks and misunderstandings, all the so-called reasons as to why they are alone and why they are unloved. Now, these are some of the more major beliefs that are holding us back, but the trickier ones are actually the small thoughts, the ones that seem like a fact and not an opinion, the ones that we think are protecting us when really they're just holding us back. So some of the ones I hear the most are, I don't want to waste my time and I just don't find anyone interesting. And with these thoughts, right, it's just the same as what we said before. The brain has to be right. So when we're thinking, I don't want to waste my time, we will hold back and not really get to know the other person properly because every smallest flaw we see will just be another piece of evidence that this other person may just not be for us and we're just wasting our time. Right. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit specifically around that Mm -hmm. example um, of, you know, you don't want to waste your time um, with dating. I've been here before. I've been in that mindset before. And I also think a part of that is like, you know, with all the failed relationships Mm -hmm. that come with that, you then you then are more conscious of of your Mm -hmm. time. Right. And so, so now you almost set up this limiting belief that every person you come into contact with or, or every person you've come into contact so far um, is, is, has been a waste of your time. So for, so when it comes to, for those people that are, are like specifically this example, um, when people are stuck, you know, with this particular limiting belief, Mm -hmm. How can somebody overcome that? How can somebody start to shift their thinking into, 
into a different pattern? So of course it's right. It's like a little bit different from case to case and it's difficult to give a one size fits all response for, for every single case. But I think in a nutshell, what I would recommend to someone who is scared of wasting their time. And as you mentioned, um, sees previous relationships as a waste of time and then becomes more aware of time and the time spent dating someone is to first of all, completely shift the perception of past relationships. As long as we see our past relationships as a waste of time, we're gonna be incredibly scared to waste our time again. So the first thing is to appreciate our previous experiences for what they were and for what they taught us and where they brought us today, right? So every relationship, whether good or bad, taught us something and gave us something with to our journey and helped us be who we are today. Now, some of our past relationships, we may regret and we may wish we never had them, but focusing on that will keep us stuck in that fear of wasting our time. So allowing ourselves to let go from that notion and kind of letting go of the past, letting go of um, the two years I spent with that person were such a waste of time and taking it to well, um, this may have not worked out and this or that was bad about our relationship, but it made me stronger. It taught me X, Y, Z. And getting it to a more neutral place, that's already a really good foundation to let go of that limiting belief looking forward. The other thing I would suggest is to become really, really clear with yourself as to what you're looking for in a partner. Because most of us go into dating knowing more or less what we want. So we want someone smart and funny and good looking, attractive, but we're never really defining what that means. We're never really going into the details of the values and what's important to us and, and having some kind of priority list, the things that are an absolute must for us in a part partner the things that are a nice to have in a partner, the things we don't really care about. So I even suggest writing that down, like not even having it in our minds, but truly writing it out. And then before jumping to a conclusion saying, oh, this guy isn't for me, I don't wanna waste my time, to go back and consult with that list and see, okay, the flaws that I see right now that make me scared to waste my time, what category do they fall into? Because if something the person does goes against our core values, the things that are most important to us in the future, and we don't see anything changing, well, well, then it is a waste of time, right? Then, then we might as well let go of it now because we know it's not going anywhere. But if it's somewhere in the nice to haves or not so important, then pause for a moment and ask yourself if this truly is a reason to let go and cut it off, or if you would like to give it another try. Because at the end of the day, Mr. Perfect doesn't exist. The absolute perfect guy is never gonna come our way because he just simply doesn't exist. And the question is with each flaw, if this is something we're willing to learn how to deal with or not. Yes, I, I love everything that you just said because I can relate to everything that you just talked about. I want to take a step back real quick to um, 
what you mentioned mm-hmm. before, which was when you are are kind of dwelling over your past relationships. I know for me personally, it takes me a long time to get over a relationship. Um, so like, in, for example, in my past, I've been in a relationship for about nine years. And then after that, I was with somebody for like four months. And in both situations, I really struggled getting over these people. And, and I kept dwelling, dwelling over it in my Mm -hmm. mind. And for me personally, like you mentioned, you know, writing out that list of, of the things that you're looking for. I think for me, one of the things that helped me get over the, the people in my past was going over the things that I did learn so that it, it didn't feel as though I was wasting yeah. my time, but I physically could see on the paper, okay, this is what I got out of this relationship and this is what I've learned and it has helped me find somebody in the future that either does or does not have these particular qualities. Um, so I know for me specifically, that's one thing that has helped me in overcoming that limiting belief of um, wasting my time with certain people. And so um, I don't, you know, you mentioned this briefly as well. I don't think that there's anyone that ever kind of crosses our path that is ever a waste yeah. of our time. You know, we've either learned something from them or or they've, they've learned something mm-hmm. from us. Like there's um, so much energy that comes from other people and there's always something to give or take in every situation. Um, but I also wanted, I also wanted to mention, I love that you said writing out the list of things that you're looking for. And then also kind of going back to this list. This isn't something I've ever done, but I love the suggestion that you're saying here. Um, because I think a lot of times we are looking for that perfect person, right? And, and you like you said, that perfect person does not exist. And so I do think that there is, um, especially as we get older, and I feel like maybe our standards become higher and higher or, or almost unachievable. Mm-hmm. And so going back and referencing the list and, and then asking yourself, well, where can I be flexible? Because I think what's important there is that we are also imperfect as well. And so there has to be some of that give and take and a little bit of flexibility when it comes to our expectations of someone else, especially somebody. A hundred percent. I think what you said is so beautiful, that um, necessity to be flexible and to understand that we're going to want our partner to adjust to us, but that also means that we're going to want to adjust to them um, and just kind of find this balance. And I just want to point out, because you beautifully pointed out that I mentioned writing it down. So I do want to circle back to that writing it down again for a moment and just talk about the importance of writing it down. Because A lot of times people say, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm going to write it down, but then they don't actually take a piece of paper and a pen and write it. And they just kind of still go ahead and do it in their heads. Now, Mm -hmm. the important thing to write it out is on the one hand that it forces us to slow down and to kind of step outside of ourselves and observe ourselves and connect to what's truly important to us. We have so many thoughts. So when we're trying to do something in our heads, 
there's just so much noise that we sometimes notice and a lot of times don't even notice. But when we write it, then we need to really focus our brain solely on what we're writing. And it really helps us just focus and go deeper and connect to ourselves. So that's the one thing. And the other thing is once we have it on paper, as you said, like we can always go back to it and physically have it in our hands and look at it. Now, this is so important because there's a lot of things that affect us when we're in the beginning of a relationship or in the dating phase in the transition phase from dating to relationship, whatever it is. But there are a lot of basic functions in our brain that actually, um, that actually have us hold back, right? Like the fear of the unknown and all the what ifs and what if I get hurt and what if it's not going to work out and all these things that hold us back. And when we're in this mode of holding back and being scared of what could be, it's very easy to just give in to these instincts and just kind of go with them and cut something off without being fully aware as to why we really did it. And a lot of times we then end up regretting our decisions. But when we go back and we consult with this list, we again, we pause for a moment and we force ourselves to focus and kind of make a more intentional decision as to why we're ending or not ending a certain relationship. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for that. That's so beautiful and a perfect, perfect segue mm-hmm. into my next question for you. So so for you, Tali, what is one? I know there's so many of important things, but for you, what do you believe is at least one, um, one of the most important things that people should be aware of when dating with a healthy mindset? Um, so I think one of the most important things is to understand that as humans, we have a tendency to think that we know what we're doing and why, but there is actually so much research proving the exact opposite. We're influenced by the smallest things happening in our surroundings, the smallest thoughts that go through our heads. So when people truly understand and embrace that, they can open themselves up to questioning themselves and their behaviors and their patterns. So as opposed to insisting to be right, I think um, it's always good to ask yourself, the right questions, which really boil down to why. Why do I think or do what I'm thinking and doing? And is this truly what I want to think and do? Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. Um, I do think asking ourselves why is so important and not just in the realm of relationships, but also with ourselves and just being mm-hmm. intentional about what we want but also why yeah. we want it. Um, and, and, and that is such a powerful question to ask yourself because I think a lot of times, um, regardless of why we want something, for me, I personally think that a lot of that kind of comes from society yeah. and family um, and just history of mm-hmm. expectations and um, you know, all of that stuff. But then going back and saying, okay, um, you know, for example, like, 
I want to be married before I'm 40. I don't really want that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an example. Um, but let's say that that's, that's the case, right? You want to be married before you're 40, but yeah. why? And I think understanding that why, like, is, is it because you feel like society is forcing you to be married before 40 because that's what society tells you is it something that your family is expecting of you to be married before you're 40 or is it truly something that you really and truly want and once you get to the basis of of that why I think you can truly understand whether it's something you want or if it's something you're trying to do to um to have so that you're meeting the expectation 100% and I love that you're bringing up society because this is such a big and important part here because the thing is that as humans we have an innate need to be accepted by society to want to be part of a society because back in our cave days that would be necessary for survival and we still have the same survival instincts we had back in the day so all of us have a very, very strong urge to be part of society and be accepted. But today we do have the luxury of deciding what we truly want and what we truly want to believe, who we want to be and what works for us. And um, I really think that that's a big part of a healthy mindset to give room to that, to give room to, as you said, like what society expects of us and if this is what we truly want as well, or if we just think that we want that or should want that because that's what society tells us is right. Yeah, and I love that you said mm -hmm. luxury. I like that you, you said it as a luxury because yeah. it truly is. We now live in a world where we get to make choices for ourselves for the most part and it's up to us whether or not we want to live up to society's expectations or if we want to walk in our own path, right? Whatever that path is, maybe some of that is part of societal norms or maybe it's not, but at least it's your specific path. And it's truly a luxury because if we look back, right, within human history, some of that was not even available. And so really being grateful for the opportunity to have much more control over the yeah. decisions that we make, especially in this realm, right, of relationships and dating and marriage, we mm -hmm. really hold control in that space. And it's such a beautiful thing to, to be 100%. Here and now. I do want to point out if someone wants to get married by a certain age and um, does check in and checks for the why and the why is because my community or the society I live in expects that of me but the given person truly truly likes that why and wants to live according to the standards of this society or community then I by no means would say that that's wrong like I think there's a fine line between taking advantage of that luxury of being true to ourselves and doing what we want but we also need to give room to it if we truly want something because we want to be part of a certain society. So it just goes back to setting priorities and being intentional about our priorities. And there's no shame 
in choosing to want to go against what's expected of us, but there is also no shame in choosing to go with what is expected of us. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. And I appreciate you saying that because it's absolutely so true. There's no shame either way, right? It's, it's truly what, what you personally want and it could go either way and either way is okay. Um, So Tali, what are some tips that you can offer to people who are just beginning this journey of dating and want to go in it with a healthy mindset? What tips can you offer? I mean, there's so many things, but I think I want to just boil it down to two main things that I really want to leave everyone with. The first one is to just always question yourself not from a judgmental place. We actually never want to be in this place where we judge ourselves and are being hard on ourselves, but from a place of curiosity. As I mentioned earlier, we have so many thoughts a day. We actually have around 70,000 thoughts a day. Most of them we don't even catch. They just pass next to us super quickly. And it is often scary to pause and question our decisions and behavioral patterns because the deeper we dig, the more we uncover thoughts and beliefs that we would rather keep hidden because they scare us, they pain us, or even shock us. But only when we allow ourselves to get to the bottom of our reasons of every decision, we can start to be super intentional about dating, but also about anything else in our life. So um, this just brings me back to the question of why right? Always ask yourself why. And I like to suggest a minimum of three layers of why. So whenever you make a decision, ask yourself, why did I make this decision? Whatever the answer, ask yourself why again, and then repeat that at least one more time, because you really want to force your brain to drill down to the bottom of it. Um, The other thing is that As humans, we have a tendency to jump to conclusions really quickly. So be careful with differentiating between your opinions and perceptions from the truth and facts. So with regards to dating, some of the things that I hear a lot is the guy didn't pick up the check at the end of the day. Now, that could mean a lot of things. It could mean that the guy didn't really have such a great time with you or that he had bad manners. But these are just two out of hundreds of possible reasons. He may just have a more modern approach to splitting the bill. He may have been brought up in a different culture where guys don't pick up the check, or he may have experienced pushback in the past and doesn't want to put you in an uncomfortable position. Another common thing I hear is the guy didn't really ask many questions about me and my life. which again, this could mean that he's not really interested or that he's not a good communicator, but it could also mean that he's just shy or doesn't wanna overstep and ask questions that make you uncomfortable. Now, again, we tend to perceive a certain situation and jump to conclusions and be 100% sure that we know the reasons for someone else's behaviors. And it's just super important to always remind ourselves that this is just our opinion and just our perception of things. Now, everyone is totally entitled to all their opinions about anything and everything, but you have to make sure to see them for what they are. 
which is an opinion. Um, so yeah, of course, there's so much more, but I think these two things combined can already go an incredibly long way when it comes to a healthy mindset in dating and relationships. But again, all these tools really also apply to just everything in your life, including work, friends, family, finances, decisions, like anything really. I love that you talked specifically about perceptions and you gave good examples of what those perceptions could be. Um, I know, I mean, I've been, I've been dating for quite some time now, but, and, and I'm very aware now of what perception is just a story I made up in my own mind versus the reality. Um, But I know that at the very beginning, when I would make up these perceptions, because I'm an analyzer, like that's just the type of person that I am. And so sometimes that can be a good thing for me. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that can be a terrible thing for me because I'll overanalyze a date, specifically, you know, some of the examples you gave, such as the, the guy not picking up the check or the guy not talking as much. And then walking away from those perceptions as though they weren't interested in us. And you're so spot on there because those perceptions are just thoughts that we make up in our mind. The guy never said that. The guy never said the reason why I didn't pick up the check was because I wasn't interested in you. They just, you know, like you said, there's so many reasons. There could be potentially hundreds of reasons why they made the decision that they made. And I think dating should be more about the experience rather than trying to analyze Mm -hmm. everything that happened. And so that kind of brings me to the point of saying that really dating you, my, my, um, my advice to all my listeners is to just be present. And I think that that's valid for, um, Oh, you know, like you said, every aspect of our lives, but specifically if, if dating is incredibly important to you, or if you're just dating and you're trying to date in a healthy way, I think being present and being in the moment and not trying to analyze every little thing that happened, even though mm-hmm. naturally you might be inclined to do so, <laughs> don't. <laughs> that's, that's something that has really helped me just be able to yeah. just enjoy a date whether it goes good or bad, um, at least it was an experience and I walked away with a new and a different experience. And that's one thing that I can take away from that moment. Um, So I I love that you mentioned perception because I think that that's so Yeah, and I think think what you're pointing out with Um, being present is super important. Being present and have fun. Like even... I think even on the worst of dates, there's always one good thing that came out of it. There's always one new thing you learned, one funny thing you heard. There's always this one good thing. Because again, if we ask our brain a question and force it to find an answer, it will eventually get there. So what I always suggest my clients to do is after each date, no matter if it was good or bad, to come up with one thing they liked about the guy and one thing that they liked about the date. I don't care if it was a horrible date and the guy they don't Mm -hmm. see each other being with or ever seeing again, that's totally fine. But I want them to train their brain to start looking for the good. So 
one thing they liked about the guy and one thing that they liked about the date. Oh, that's such a great suggestion. Thank you so, so much. Well, Tali, thank you so much for being on the show. Such a great conversation and so much great advice um, for my listeners and everything that you had to offer was so wonderful and beautiful. Um, So if anybody wants to learn more about you or reach out to you um, specifically about what you do, where can people find you and contact you if they are? First of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It was such a pleasure to be here and speak to you about all of this. And I'm just so passionate about dating relationships, mindset. So it's always an honor to be invited um, to speak about that. And if anyone's interested in hearing more about how we can train and program our minds to unlock that potential to our benefit, you can either follow me on Instagram. It is at wellbecoaching, W-E-L-L-B-E-E underscore coaching, or my Facebook group, my Facebook page, sorry, which is wellbecoaching by Talia, T-A-L-Y. And you can always send me a private message if you want to hear more or have specific questions. Awesome. I will definitely put those links to your Instagram and your Facebook um, in the show notes so people can find you quickly. Um, thank you again, Tali. It was so great speaking with you. Um, thank you so much. It's a pleasure having you on. Bye. All right. Hey fam, thank you so much for joining me on another episode here with me on Living Life with Eilina. I'm so excited to introduce you to my next guest. Her name is Tolly and she is a dating and relationship coach and she is just so amazing. I absolutely loved having her on my show. So as many of you guys know, I am a single mom. And at this time, because of COVID, I'm actually not actively dating. Um, Now, I might talk to a few people here and there if that conversation happens naturally, but I am not seeking to go on dates and I am not actively out there dating. Um, And that was definitely a conscious choice for me and really one that I think was such a, one of the best decisions I had ever made because I really needed to have the time to reflect on what it was that I needed and also to reflect on me and what it is that I'm actually looking for when I am dating. And so this conversation with Tali was just so amazing because she offers so much great insight into how we perceive dating as well as what our expectations are of dating and also relationships with other people. And so this was such a great show and I'm so excited to to share this with you. Thank you so much for being on. Here is Tali. Hey fam, I hope you got so much out of that episode. I know for me personally, as someone who is a single mom, I got so much great information from Tali. She's just such an amazing person and so happy that she was able to come on to the show. So today, everybody, my reminder for you is expectations, right? What are your expectations? 
not just for yourself, because I think a lot of us really understand what it is that we expect of ourselves, but what do we expect of others? And what are we expecting? If you are like me and in the world of dating, what are your expectations of dating? I think Tali said this so perfectly, right? Is setting up a list of the things that will work for you, the things that can go right, really setting up that list and setting yourself up for success rather than setting up a list of things that will prepare you for failure. Whether you write that list of, um, whether you write down these lists, the list of like failing, or maybe it's just in your head, it is an ongoing list, right? Of saying the things to yourself, such as, um, I don't want to date because it's too hard during COVID, or I don't want to date because I don't want to go out and meet certain people. Those are lists that we make up in our heads of scenarios that will not work out. So I recommend everybody to start a list of the things that can work out, right? And Tali Tali suggested this, and I think that it's such a great suggestion because once you set this list up, then your expectations start to gravitate towards what it is that you want and the things that can work. So that is my tip for all of you guys today. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please send over some love you know, subscribe to the show, like the show, um, share it with your friends. I would so appreciate that. I'm so excited to have you guys on to the next episode. Thank you so much for being on with me. Until then, take care. Bye.